Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. Let's see if you recognize this sound. Hey, if you live near a pickleball court, you might know it or be annoyed by it. I don't know. That's the sound of pickleball, America's famous, fa- fastest growing sport. The game was invented in the 1960s and has been described as a, a mashup of badminton, tennis, and ping pong. But it was kind of a sleeper sport until recently when older players discovered it as an easy and fun way to stay active. That shot it up in popularity, and now young people are playing too. According to the Sports and Fitness Industry Association, almost 9 million Americans over the age of six played pickleball last year. But with popularity comes some challenges, including injuries, complaints about noise from neighbors, rudeness over court time, and a struggle to keep the game friendly and affordable for beginners. So this hour, I want to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about pickleball. What is the appeal of this sport and where is it headed? And I definitely want to hear from you too. We're taking your phone calls. Do you play pickleball? And if so, what do you like about it? And if you've been playing a while, how have you seen the game change? The numbers to call are 651-227-6000. Again, that is 651-227-6000. You can also call us at 800 242 2828. We have two great guests here with me in the studio today. I want to say good morning to Fuye Sai Kauta, the founder of Pick Ninja Sports in Egan, which makes pickleball gear and paddles. Fuye is a former college tennis player and former associate director of the nonprofit St. Paul Urban Tennis. Good morning, Fuye. Good morning, Angela. Thanks for having us. Nice to see you. I'm doing okay. We have next to him, Justin Hammerback. Justin is co-owner of Drop Shot Pickleball Club in Shakopee, which opened nine pickleball, indoor pickleball courts this summer. They offer classes, open play, leagues, and tournaments, and plan to open outdoor courts next summer. Thanks for coming in, Justin. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you guys are busy uh, and and so close to this sport. I mean, you're both immersed in the business of pickleball, but you're also players. And, you know, like almost everybody who plays pickleball now, uh, you discovered it pretty recently. So I want to start with how how you got into it. And and Fouye, I'll begin with you. Uh, How do you describe how you discovered the game? So I'm a bit of a dinosaur. I discovered this over three years ago <laughs> during oh, COVID. Oh, <laughs> old time ago. Three, three years ago. Okay. Yeah. So, and when I first started, I was in that group of youngsters at the time, even though I was 38 years old, mm-hmm. but the t- people I playing, that I was playing with were much older. I think the average group age group at the time was probably 60, 65. So okay. my, my wife and my kids and all, we got involved in it because one- during COVID, we were all six feet apart, couldn't do anything, everything was shut down, mm-hmm. and we just wanted to get our kids out to do something. And so I tried tennis, which was my first love, and my kids didn't love it at all, and it broke my heart. So, <laughs> Well, tennis is a lot more complicated, right? Absolutely. You know, tennis is much bigger court, faster ball, where pickleball was just smaller paddle, plastic wiffle ball. Um, you know, they're talking about how anybody could play. I, we saw old people playing it. We're like, yeah, maybe I could do this with my kids, and all of a sudden... When we tried it, they just fell in love with it. So, mm. you know, right away, we, my kids were like, Dad, let's go get a pickleball paddle at Walmart and Target. And I was like, that's a great idea. We went out there, tried to find a, some, some things, and nothing was out there. So my kids challenged me to create 
their own paddle. And so that's kind of how Pink Ninja Sports started. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And be careful with the use of the word old because I'm in my mid-60s. <laughs> so I'm not sure. You have to define that with age. But like, people over over 60, is that what you, what you mean when you say old Oh, people? so, you know, I feel like I'm old now. But, <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm 41 now. But, no, for sure, at the time, you know, people when I came in and played with everybody at the local gyms or YMCA or whatnot, people were like, Fui, what are you doing playing this sport? This is only for us, right? I'm like, for us? What? How old, are, how old were they, the older folks? They're probably in their 60s. 60s. And, and they were beating my <laughs> brains out at pickleball. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm a collegiate athlete. How are these guys beating me? I got to get better. And eventually, you know. Are they, you better? I, I'm i okay now. You know, we've been playing for a little bit. So I've got more experience than other people. So okay. that makes it helps. Yeah. Hey, Justin, what is your pickleball story? Uh, when did you start playing and why? Yeah, I started about two summers ago. My business partner, John, got me into it. He'd been playing with his family for a little bit, and one day he invited me to go play in a league um, that was through his church group. And it was a ladder league at a local park. And how ladder leagues work is you basically start out on a lower court, and over time, if you win points, you work your way up the work your way up the court system. And I'm a competitive person, so that was my first, you know, forte into pickleball was playing in these ladder leagues, and I was not moving up. I'm like. If you don't know the game, like it's fun for everybody to start. You can just kind of hit it back and forth. But if you're getting, if you're playing with people that are a little bit better, um, you can tell because there's a lot of strategy to it. And uh, so after you know staying on the bottom court for a few weeks um, when playing in that league, I got my kids out to a local park, and I'm like, we got to figure this out. So we started playing together, <laughs> and my kids fell in love with it. And then over time, I started to realize that I was losing weight because I was playing so often. And that was my motivation to kind of do some more things wow. with it. Mm -hmm. And then eventually going back there, I worked my way up to probably the middle courts that first summer. So um, nothing too grandiose, but it's just an addictive game. And you realize how much strategy is. That's what you don't realize, I think, going into it when you first start is just how much strategy there is to the game. So your body is moving and your brain is going. Yes. And you're meeting new people. 100%. That's I the best part about pickleball is right there, meeting new people, because it's a very social sport. It's, you know, all about community and meeting new people. Now, uh, you opened Drop Shot uh, Pickleball Club in Shakopee this summer. How did that come about? So after playing um, for a couple summers in this league with my business partner, John, um, we were also in a bowling league and I was looking to make a career change. Um, COVID kind of, you know, changed the game in the industry that I was in and I was looking to do something different. And one day um, we were in a bowling league together and I just asked him the question, like, I'm thinking about doing something. You tell me if it's crazy. And the idea was opening an indoor pickleball club. And he said, not only is it not crazy, but I've been thinking about doing the same thing. So mm -hmm. should we do it together? And we started uh, planning for it that night. Um, we got back from bowling and we started sending texts back and back and forth together. And we were looking for a space probably in the next week or two after that. And so you opened nine indoor courts this summer and now there are more coming? Yes, we hoped or, or plan to open outdoor courts next year. Um it's, and, and and the need for it, why do you think the demand is there? You've seen it. Yes. And that's, you know, a lot of people look at you and say, outdoor courts, well, you can go to a park and play for free. Well, the one thing that you'll learn if you go to a park is this game is so popular that the parks are absolutely full. Mm -hmm. And you can have 30 people waiting to get out there. And it can be intimidating, too. If you're new to the sport 
and you don't necessarily know how to play, you start hearing all these numbers like 2.0 or 4.0 or just all these different things. And that's ranking systems for what a player's um, ability is. And it can be intimidating. And if you're new and like, I don't know the rules. I don't know how this paddle system works. I don't know, you know, these different mm-hmm. things. When you play indoors, um, we control the amount of people that play. So there's not any waiting. Or again, when we have outdoor courts next year. Um, so you're basically paying to be able to play because you are going to be able to play when you come and play right. at, our, at our facility. And here year round, I mean, that's going to be very important for a lot of people who don't want to stop once the weather gets terrible. 100%. Right. Yes. Cool. During the summer, it's it's very weather related, mm-hmm. but we all know what's coming. So, Fuya, you, you are the founder of, of Pick Ninja Sports in Egan. So how do you go from like, oh, this is fun, my kids are into it, to like, I need to design and create some new gear? Uh, tell me that story. No, I mean, great question. So at the time when we started Pickleball, um, there was just, you know, my kids thought there was nothing cool in the market. You know, when we went to the Walmarts and Targets, they had no idea what Pickleball was. We went to Dick's and Shields, and they had no idea what Pickleball was. And so um, eventually we created our own paddle. And, at you know, during that, mo- during that moment, I was like, you're right. There's nothing geared towards the younger generation of players. And that's what my kids are trying to get into. So we were like, well, let's create a brand around that. And that's probably one of our biggest selling points. We have probably some of the coolest logos and brands out there. We have a very hip style of, you know, uh, apparel that wasn't seen before. So describe uh, this. Define, I, I'm 55. I don't know what's cool. What's a cool uh, and hip right. looking paddle or apparel? Well, Tell me. Well, first off, we have a pickleball ninja as our brand logo ambassador. Okay. okay. And so like to mm-hmm. have that on our pickleball apparel People see that and it's holding a little paddle. They're like, we know exactly what that is, Fouye. Looks and, fierce. Yes. Looks and who doesn't cool. like mm-hmm. ninjas and who mm-hmm. doesn't like, you know, being young and cool. And so if, it's funny because we actually were marketing it towards the younger generation. But when we started selling paddles, everybody was buying our paddles. It wasn't just the young or, the, or you know, it's older people, middle-aged people. And I started asking them why they're buying our paddles. And then the old people were saying, Fouye. It makes me feel young and to have this cool looking paddle. <laughs> I was like, awesome. So all of a sudden, we're hitting all the markets, which is amazing for what we're trying to do. So we're very humbled by that. All right. This, this is because this is yeah. helpful. Okay. I, I don't play pickleball. You probably picked this up by now, but mm-hmm. it makes me happy that so many people I know play it are, and are just absolutely, you know, they express so much joy about it, which is a beautiful thing. Right. And, and so I, I appreciate that. And, and now hearing that it's becoming more popular with younger players is great too. So let's talk a little bit just for me and for maybe for some other people too, who don't play the, the this gear and let's start with the the ball the, the so i've mm-hmm. heard it described how it's different from tennis but uh, describe the ball uh, to me maybe Fouye. what what's different yeah about so it? i mean it's a plastic wiffle ball so it doesn't bounce as high as a tennis ball it's a little bit bigger than you know ping pong ball tennis ball and so like it's much it's easier light. to hit it's lighter much easier to hit it's got holes in it too right just like a wiffle ball and you play this on, I mean, you can play it on any surface, but typically a permanent outdoor court is just like a tennis surface. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got a little tennis net out there. And so eventually you're playing it like mini tennis on this little badminton sized court. And so, and on top of that, it's usually typically doubles. You know, if you play singles, they don't like that because you're taking up court space for a lot of people. So it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about supply and demand. Like, uh, you know, sometimes... My my family would get in trouble because 
I'm trying to train the kids during peak hours and they're like, Fouye, you guys almost done yet? And I'm like, I just got here 15 minutes ago, but mm -hmm. there's 20 people waiting to get on the courts. And so oh, wow. we, we got to get these guys rolling in, in and out all the time. And the paddle, how is the paddle different than paddles in other games? So the paddle, it's awesome because it's just a little bit bigger than a ping pong paddle, much lighter than a tennis racket. And so, you know, when I was trying to teach my kids how to play tennis, they were carrying these like giant battle axes out there trying to play with us. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Let's not offend the tennis players out there. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. It's so much easier to carry uh, this tiny little seven, eight ounce paddle compared to these okay. giant tennis rackets. And right. so that's why they felt it was so much easier. Like I don't, we don't even have junior paddles for, for kids. We just have them play with regular size paddles. I get it. And they love it. So. And Justin, uh, the, the history of the game, what do we know about where it came from? Because it, it gained this popularity during the pandemic, but it's been around for decades. Yeah, it's been around since 1965. It was invented in mm -hmm. Bainbridge, Washington. Um, there's mixed stories out there about how it got its name. Um, I think if you ask 10 people, six will say there was a dog named Pickles that chased yeah. the ball. <laughs> we don't have to get into that because we looked into it. And I'm like, this is a whole lot here. But okay. Yeah. But it's been around for decades. Yeah. So basically it was a family that was looking to make their kids more active and be outside. Mm -hmm. They wanted to, you know, hang out and converse with their, their friends and they wanted to get the kids outside. Okay, well, we want to take some uh, phone calls from listeners. If you're just joining us and wondering, like, what are they talking about? Well, we are, of course, talking about pickleball. But I want to know, uh, you know, do you play, first of all? And if you do, what is it that you enjoy about the game so much? And if you've been playing for a while, what changes have you seen? Because we want to talk about the future of the sport as well. You can call us at 651-227-6000 or call us at 800-242-2828. Two great guests in the studio with me. We're talking to Justin Hammerback, the uh, owner of Drop Shot Pickleball Club in Shakopee, and also Fouye Saikautal the founder of Pick Ninja Sports in Egan, which makes pickleball gear and paddles. Uh, let's go to Chaska and talk to Carrie, who's on the phone. Hi, Carrie. Good morning. Thank you for calling in. Hi, Angela. I was so excited to see you were talking about pickleball. Well, I'm just trying to learn. Carrie, do you play? And, and if you do play, how old are you? I'm 72. I've been playing for about five years. Mm -hmm. And I have been to Drop Shot Pickleball for their grand opening. And it's it was so fun. We started during a little before COVID, playing in gyms at uh, Chanhazen Rec Center with all the lines on the floor and setting up our own nets every time we went in. And I've met so many people because I was new to Chaska, and I now I have fifty new friends. That's wonderful. And so, uh, how how often do you play, Carrie? I play three or four times a week. Mm -hmm. And have you seen um, the game change now that it's become way more popular? What what changes have you noticed? I've noticed the game is getting faster and harder, even oh. though, like your guest said, it's a lot about strategy. There's still a lot of power. And young people are coming out in droves. Mm -hmm. And young people, but yeah. like what age group would you say is, is, is younger people? Oh, I've seen... Kids, so families mm -hmm. come, mom, dad, and the kids. They could be 10, 12, whatever, but there's 20-something. I was just talking to my son who's 40, and he says, 
all my friends are playing pickleball now. (laughs) But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Thank you. That's uh, Carrie and Cheska calling in. Uh, Let's, uh, let's talk about this. I mean, Fouye and Justin, you both mentioned, um, you know, we're seeing cities and counties now building new pickleball courts and public parks, uh, converting uh, tennis courts to pickleball courts. But we're also hearing about reading about seeing stories about some bad behavior, you know, people arguing about court time, um, maybe kind of rushing people to sort of finish up so they can get on. Uh, you've both played on public courts. Uh, so tell us about the, the tension that's there. And is, has that is that just increasing because of just the demand and people wanting to play? Justin? Yeah, I, I would say that there, it does exist. I don't think it's as big of a problem as you probably hear about. It's just that's the popular sport to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. But with a lot of new people joining a sport, a lot of times it's just that they don't know the etiquette. And so if there's a bunch of people waiting at a park, like say 20, the kind of the etiquette is four on, four off. You get done, four people, your your group leaves, the next four come on. Say there's five to six people waiting, then it's two on, two off. So winners stay, losers leave, next group comes on. That's just kind of a lot of parks will have that posted on on their courts, kind of just letting people know how the system works, but some don't. And so people are unaware. They're new to a sport. They're just trying it out, and they may not be aware. And sometimes people maybe you know don't react to them not knowing um, correctly. But I would say for the most part, it's few and far between. But it's basically because there's just it's a sport exploding and there's not enough courts out there. Well, see, now I feel a little intimidated. Like I'm late to the party, but like I don't want if I'm a beginner, I don't want people like, you know, rushing me uh, or critiquing me. And does that concern you at all? Fouye? No, I mean, great, great insight and great question, because for myself and my family, we would get rushed off the courts. You know, historically, in tennis, if you just grabbed the court, you just stayed on it until you were done playing tennis. Mm-hmm. And that's what we thought pickleball was. And so when we first started playing three years ago, there wasn't any written lines, you know, uh, rules on what to do on on the courts or the etiquette behind it. So we were learning as we went by the local, you know, club owner or the local, like, you know, court lord, as they say, right? The court carriers were not. And they were, sometimes they were nice and sometimes they weren't so nice because we just didn't know any better. And so... Um, I love to see that you know, there are great people out there, uh, you know, teaching new players how to play. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing with Pick Ninja. We're so inclusive. We make sure that all of my ambassadors try to play in with everybody. We go into open rec games and teach the teach the sport. We teach it to the younger kids so that they understand the etiquette and they understand how to play. So we love just trying to get pe- get people involved, but. Not everyone is like that all the time or have the, have the time to do that. Right. So yeah. how long is it? It's, it's considered a game, not a match. Yes. A game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long does a game last? 20 to 30 minutes, you know, give or take. And so if you've been out there for more than 30 minutes, people start questioning, like, hey, what's your score? Hey, what are you guys doing? Right. You know, and so, again, supply and demand. Right. Like mm-hmm. you think you thought eight, nine courts was enough these days. It's just not for the amount of people that are playing now. That doesn't sound very nice. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's one thing that I'll say that we think we bring to the game with an indoor park too is, mm-hmm. or an indoor pickleball center is we get to control the amount of people that play. Can even come in exactly. the building. So is, you may right. go to a park and play what's called open play if you're going uh-huh. to play with other people. And there can be 30 people waiting. If you play open play at drop shot, we control exactly how many people we allow to come in, like how many people we sell 
you know. But I got to pay you, to you, get in. You do have to pay, but you take away the intimidation factor because there's only going to be six people waiting at the most. If that's if the place is full, if there's one or two courts going, there's going to be two people waiting. There is someone there to help you through, kind of let you know how the paddle rack system works. There's someone to explain to you how the rules, maybe you're doing something a little bit mm-hmm. wrong. That's something that we offer. So we try to take that intimidation factor completely out of it. If you're new to the sport, I, it's a good idea to start at an indoor park because you'll learn the rules. You won't, you know, we divide our courts based on skill set. If we have a big open play going on, we have advanced courts, we have intermediate courts, we have beginner courts. When you go to an actual park, you're kind of thrown in with everybody else, and there can be a ton of people waiting as well. Let's take more phone calls from listeners as we talk about pickleball and uh, the current situation and the future of the sport. In uh, The number to call, 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. Let's uh, check in with a listener in Victoria, Minnesota. This is Ann on the phone. Hi, Ann. What can you tell us about pickleball? Hey, good morning, Angela. Hi. Well, thank you so much for um, including me in your in your um, awesome program. Uh, what I'd love to contribute is, first of all, congratulations to Fouye for what he's created with Pick Ninja. And I wanted to offer your listeners to let them know we have a really cool Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group, um, Bold Babes Pickleball. And the reason that it was created, Angela, was exactly what you said. Wow, it can be intimidating Mm -hmm. to get into this sport. Everybody's already playing. Mm -hmm. How do I step in? And just as an example, um, one of our members is Cara Gray, and she's married to Rick Gray, the owner of Mega um, Minnetonka in Chanhassen. And they invited us to come out before the facility opened and have bold babes come out there. And we took (laughs) over the facility. (laughs) And they just love what we're doing, too, because the whole idea behind bold babes pickleball is this. Women belong in the court. But if we don't believe we belong in the court, it can be a tendency to look at other players and Mm -hmm. feel they're holding us back. They're not being welcoming. They're this, they're that. It feels like this. Whereas once you realize, wait, I do belong. I feel confident on the court. Oh, there's another bull babe over there. <laughs> or there's a woman helping me feel empowered mm-hmm. and confident. And I'm with you, Angela. This sport is going to explode. And so why not help women feel empowered from the very first step? And I want to thank Mega Pickleball for um, giving us that opportunity. So uh, we're on Facebook. Thank you. At Bold Babes Pickleball. I'm yeah. so happy to know that. Thank, Thank you, you, Anne. Thank you. Yeah. See, I, I'm glad I admitted that this. this sounds intimidating to me. Uh, let's take another phone call. Uh, this is Ray Hawk giving us a call. And, you know, our producers, we talked to a few uh, pickleball players before the show, a lot of people. And one of them, uh, Ray Hawk, is on the phone with us now. And now Ray is... is um, is a former D1 tennis player who is an emerging pro player in pickleball. Yes, we now have professional pickleball players. Good morning, Ray. Thank you for calling in. Hi, morning. I'm excited to be here. So, like, uh, tell us a couple things that you really like about pickleball. Um, I love that um, it's addictive. It's fast-paced. Um, I've met a lot of new people and now a lot of new athletes that – you know, we're level athletes in other sports and now have discovered um, pickleball like me. Um, and there's like competition that, you know, I, you know, uh, love and I maybe didn't, you know, have regulars for the high level competition 
that I have now. Now, what does it mean to be a professional pickleball uh, player? I didn't even realize that that, that necessarily was a thing. Tell me the, 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 the journey to, to, to becoming a, a pro. Yeah, I started playing uh, pickleball a couple years ago. I played my first tournament in Halloween 2021 and um, really enjoyed it. And I've just been playing and drilling, and I played my first uh, pro pickleball tournament a couple weeks ago in Chicago. And um, it was fun. I got to see people that I see on, um, you know, on playing pro television. I got to I got to play with them and be in the pro tent, and it was it was a lot of fun. And there's money to be made. There's sponsorships. I'm a Pick Ninja uh, sponsored player. Oh, okay. Um, and and so, you know, as you hear about some of the, you know, sort of maybe the downsides of the growing popularity of the sport, uh, have you experienced any any of that, like difficulty finding court time or or people maybe not being as friendly as they used to be? Oh, for sure. Um, you know, like uh, it's important to drill if you want to improve, and drilling is usually just you know two people, and so that's not really feasible when the courts are busy. Um, so I do, um, have to play indoors sometimes or play at odd times or, um, bring our own nets and, uh, uh, put them on a court somewhere and play. All right. Well, uh, we will continue. Do you have a tournament coming up soon, right? Um, there is a, uh, tournament at Lucky Shots. Um, it's the CT, um, Summer Ender. Um, and it is a, uh, they do have money prizes and that is at the end of, uh, October. So um, amateurs can play. And also there's an open level that has the uh, um, cash prizes. All right. Well, wait, we wish you well and uh, a professional pickleball player. Thank you so much uh, for calling <laughs> in. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, does this surprise you that that it, we've moved from like, oh, uh, initially older people, now younger people, kids playing. And now uh, I've seen pickleball uh, games on TV and we have professional are you, players now. Does that surprise you at all? Fouye? No, I mean, we're just very thankful that we have players like like Ray that are coming into the sport from such a you know high level division one tennis background and loving what we're doing and creating competition by itself too and that's happening all over the globe right now where you know um we're getting high level tennis players we're getting high level football players basketball anybody that wants to continue feeling like they can compete at something mm-hmm. this is this has been for them and so even for myself like you know i was a i came from refugee parents we didn't have much growing up and if i didn't have tennis in my life i wouldn't have been able to find my voice to, to be something. And eventually I was be able, I was able to become captain of my tennis team. I eventually played college tennis and captain that team. And I'm like, how's this little Hmong American kid able to lead, you know, this, the, this group of teammates into war. And that's kind of what we did. And I was like empowered. And all of a sudden I took that into my role in corporate America. I took that role into my role, at, you know, as a director at urban tennis. And mm-hmm. eventually people saw that and they're like, you know, hey, if we can do it, maybe I can do it too. You know, he's a person of color. He's not the tallest guy. He's not the strongest guy, but he's able to do really well at a sport and people value that. And the momentum. And now you're a successful business owner. Yeah. The momentum there. And some big sports businesses I I, I have been reading are are moving into pickleball, like Adidas. What's Adidas doing in pickleball? (laughs) Uh, What's Adidas doing? Yeah. No, it's, you know, they've, they've, 
they're getting better now, but when they first came out, they were just, you could tell it was just a money grab. They're just throwing their name on paddles and they weren't the greatest paddles, but they've gotten better now through the years. But no, they don't need to be in this business. We need more uh, Pick Ninja. We don't need Adidas, yeah. no. But that, it, it is interesting, right? Like, like just like, where is this going into the future, Justin? Yes. I mean, it, it's because it's the fastest growing sport and you see that all the time. You see it in the news. You see and with that comes a lot of companies trying to get into it. And so um, and it only continues to grow. You know, it's we had a league for youth at, at Dropshot this summer, and we had 30 boys sign up for it. It was open to all sexes, so the, the girls just did not sign up this round. But it was 11 to 15-year-old boys, 30 of them playing every single day. And it was great to see them from kind of just learning the game to at the end of the six weeks, there was five or six of them that, could go on a court and and take down some adults absolutely. And the, we haven't talked about the confidence building too in young people and older folks. Confidence, it's got to come with this. Yeah, one hundred percent. Right. Let's talk to another listener this time. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is calling in. It's Mike on the phone. Hi, Mike. Thanks for waiting. What do you want to tell us about pickleball? Well, I um, I started playing pickleball in twenty ten. Oh wow, and, a long uh, time ago. In, uh, Tucson, Arizona. I was a former. I had worked for the USDA in, out of Minneapolis, was, and uh, was a little hesitant to play. It was kind of going over to the dark side. <laughs> and um, the uh, there were there were, I think there were four courts where we lived in Tucson, and um, so I started playing in it. I played in my first tournament that year, and. Um, the, to me, the amazing thing that year was that I didn't think, you know, it was a local tournament. I didn't expect much of it. And yet there was uh, people that came down from Phoenix to play in it. And there was a guy from Albuquerque had driven over to play. And so it was apparent that uh, this was, it was something that was pretty popular. Uh, and, and there was. Mike, can I, can I ask you, Mike, how, how old are you now? 77. 77. And has this been, how has this been for your, your physical health? Has it been tough on your body or has it made you stronger? Um, I, I think I've, I've suffered from a lot of injuries, but not particularly from pickleball, but just aging injuries. And uh, I've got a severely arthritic shoulder with a, bane, a bone spur that keeps, if I, if I play, Mm-hmm. Too much, uh, I suffer from that. But I don't think the pickleball itself has contributed very much to the injuries. But, I mean, has being active like this, so this has been good for you. Oh, yeah, but I've been active all my life doing all sorts of things. If I wasn't playing pickleball, I'd probably be more spend more time riding my bike and, and doing other things. So it's just an adjunct to what I would, would normally be doing. But it's a, it is a good good exercise, that's for sure. Well, Mike, you said you've been playing since 2010, um, beginning in, in Arizona. What changes have you seen? Is there anything that you can that you are concerned about? Um, no, I think what I've seen is uh, the con- the uh, park departments originally are, were hesitant about converting tennis courts to pickleball courts, or that they wouldn't want to invest in pickleball courts. And that was just a a natural thing because they was uh, didn't understand the sport or didn't see the growth potential for it or realize it's sort of a chicken with an egg, which comes first, the mm-hmm. number of players or the number of courts. And so I've seen the court grow 
Um, and I, I've seen tournament. One thing about pickleball is that, uh, in my mind, is that it's really uh, local people put on tournaments, and it's, yeah, there's 100 tournaments going on every weekend, which probably isn't the same as, as uh, mm-hmm. a tennis. Just, there's just more people. And we see, I see people find their um, competitiveness through pickleball, which they probably didn't know. <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> Thank you. That's yeah, uh, like, Mike in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You know, uh, I've, I've mentioned pickleball injuries uh, at the beginning of the hour, and, and I want to bring in another guest to talk more uh, about those. Uh, we have Trent Stensrud on the line. Trent is a physical therapist with Tria Orthopedic and Sports Medicine, uh, the clinic in Bloomington. Good morning, Trent. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Hi, thanks for giving us a little of your time. Um, I, you know, some people may know, I, I've talked about this on the show, I, I broke my arm, my left arm last year, last summer when I, I tripped. Oh, no. I tripped and fell uh, on a sidewalk. Uh, I never saw it coming. I just fell on the sidewalk, right? But I had to have surgery and go through physical therapy afterwards. And one day I was sitting mm. in the clinic, a TRIA clinic, and I was talking to a woman and I was like, what are you in for? And she said she had broken her arm playing pickleball. And so Trent, uh-huh. um, I then started asking other you know, physical therapists, I'm like, is that kind of, you know, do you get a lot of people in here with pickleball injuries? And they're like, yeah, we're, we're seeing it with some frequency, uh, especially among people who are in their 50s and older. So I want to ask you about that. Uh, what are you seeing? Have you seen, um, you know, uh, injuries from from pickleball games? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that story that you were just telling is super common, um, especially in that older demographic. You know, in PT, I usually see people in the rehab phase, right? Like after mm-hmm. they've broken their arm. But if you look at the, the studies of say people that have to go to the emergency room, mm-hmm. um, you know, 90% of those folks are over the age of 55. And so it's the older demographics that are usually having these more serious injuries, fractures, tendon ruptures, things like that. Um, and of those that do have a wrist fracture, about 75% of them are, are women. So it's very much more common to have, to have these, bone injuries in in females you know three and a half times more likely to break your wrist playing pickleball as a woman versus a man and what's your then you know they have go ahead oh i was gonna say what's your understanding is it the footwork is it uh running back and forth maybe running backwards the woman i was sitting next to said she she tripped as she was trying to like run backwards yeah that's probably the most common way to have a fall on the court is is returning what's called a lob shot. So if someone hits the ball high arcing way over your head where you kind of have to like look up and run backwards to get it, uh-huh. that's a very common way to get injured. And I really don't recommend anyone return them like that. Um, if you're at high risk for falls or you have maybe a low bone density, you know, sometimes you just let that go. But um, if you're young and, and active, I'd say you turn and run forward versus backpedaling. And that's a really great prevention strategy for, for having a fall. That's, that could be really serious. So women tend to have the, the wrist fractures. What, what are the men coming in for? What, what's happening to them with pickleball injuries? Yeah, so what, what's been studied basically shows that men are having a lot more strains and sprains. So injuries to tendons and joints. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it can be like just a tendonitis. You know, there's an aching tendon, say, in your you like a tennis elbow, right, mm-hmm. or a pickleball elbow, if you will, on the outside of your elbow, or an Achilles pain. Um, and on the more serious end, it could be a rupture, like we saw Aaron Rodgers in football on 
you know, on Monday night, but mm-hmm. it can happen in pickleball too. And that's a super common thing. And it's also common. Uh, many people tell the story of like, well, I was not active. I was a couch potato. And then I jumped into this. And that could mm-hmm. could make open the door to injuries very easily too, going from like zero to, to 50. Absolutely. And that's honestly, that's the reason why we're seeing so many injuries in pickleball is because the demographics of people who play are generally older, you know, not as many high schoolers that are playing. And maybe they've, they've, it's been maybe a decade since they've done anything competitive. Maybe they've done, you know, they go for walks or they, mm-hmm. they do some jogs, but not really a sport. And so if you take a long time off, and maybe it's during COVID you did nothing besides watch Netflix. Right, that's and a lot of us. And you jump on the court <laughs> and you play a sport, you're definitely ripe for an injury. And so the advice would be uh, what to, to go, what advice do you have for people to not get injured? Yeah, yeah. So I got a ton of advice, and I just wrote a book about this, about how to not get injured, called Pain-Free Pickleball. And so if there's so much to talk about, but probably the most helpful thing is to build up some baseline fitness. Mm-hmm. So build, like, really strength training mm-hmm. um, to build the, the, re, the, the capacity of your tendons again, to get your joints used to that compressive force. So weightlifting is a really, really helpful thing for that. And then my other advice is probably just to pace yourself. You know, a lot of people start playing and they fall in love with the sport, like everyone you know that's been on the show so far. Fall in love. And they go from playing playing one day a week, and then mm-hmm. they just go out and play like every day. Mm-hmm. And they and then they fall. You fall in love, and then they fall. Either that, or just you know, their bodies don't have time to adapt to that new stress that you're putting on it. Right. Like if you're if you're 60 years old. You know, you need a little bit more time to, like, let your body get used to those forces. Take a day off here and there and then gradually ramp up versus just going and playing, like, so much. Mm-hmm. And then you get the tennis elbow, your knees start to ache. So if people were to just to slow down and ease into it, the rates of injury would be way less. Well, Trent, I love that you've written a book about this. Again, the name of the book, you say it's Pain-Free Pickleball. Uh, is Where, do you, where can yeah. we get it? So Pain-Free Pickleball just came out like yesterday. It's on Amazon. And uh, yeah, super excited about it. There's tons of tips on like on the court, how do you not fall. Some I've done a whole resistance training program set up specific to pickleball to try and prevent injuries. So yeah, it's a great resource for anyone who's playing or like looking to play. a great gift coming to a holiday uh, shopping list near you or a birthday gift. Thank you, Trent. And uh, I appreciate the work that you do uh, as a physical therapist there with Tria in Bloomington. That's Trent Stensrud. Thanks again. Absolutely. Uh, anything to say about footwear? Because I, 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 with any sport, right, you need gear. So we talked about the paddles and the, you know, the gear to make you look cool and the, you know, the, the Pick Ninja uh, logo. But what about footwear that is important to know about as far as possible injuries? Um, yeah, you definitely don't, uh, this is Fui again, you definitely don't want to come out there in flip-flops and sandals. What about my Crocs? They're cute. Yeah, no Crocs. <laughs> you know, no. I've seen it done before. A lot of younger folk think they can do that and... The mindset is that it's a smaller court. It's easy. My my grandparents are playing it. So why do I need real footwear, Fouye? Yeah. And so they roll their ankle <laughs> and they do this and that. And, oh, yeah, thanks, Fouye, for teaching me how to play pickleball. I rolled my ankle now. Exactly. Yeah, so. And I would say, too, it's fine to start with 
running shoes because like, just that's what a lot of people just have. Right. But you do not want to actually play pickleball in running shoes. You what do I want to wear? Actual tennis shoes. Okay. Um, and you don't need to buy specific pickleball shoes. I'm sure Adidas has come out with pickleball shoes, but <laughs> you just need tennis shoes. It's a lot of side to side. It's running mm-hmm. shoes are meant for going forward, and pickleball is a lot of side to side action. And for me, I have in my notes, uh, your wife had a pickleball injury. Uh, what can you tell us about your wife? Yeah, so about a, about a year into pickleball, my wife eventually said, "You know what? I'm going to go try this thing that you f- you play with every day with your friends with." And so. You know, she hung out with my tennis buddies. She, we, she went to play, and within the first thirty minutes, Uh-oh. she rolled her ankle, oh. and we had to go to the emergency room. And she's also a physician, and so well, you were in trouble, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> and so she did not like pickleball for a long time, oh. and eventually she came back and fell in love with it. And now she plays more than I do. So, what? what uh, as she looks back, why did she think she rolled her ankle? Well, she thought she was really cool and could do things she could do back when she was playing high school JV tennis. So she went up for, very similar to what Trent was saying, she went up for an overhead, tried to do this cool spin that I do because I am the pick ninja, but she's not. And so... Okay, I'm not trying to start. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to get in great detail. Okay. So she overextended herself to something yes. great. But I love her for that. I mean, she was a warrior. She bounced back and now there she's you go. playing again. So. Good job, Fuya. Okay. Uh, yeah. Justin, uh, what, what do you want people to know about injuries? You talked about the footwear and uh, again, um, I guess, pacing yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's... I think a lot of what Trent just said on the on the phone. I mean, the biggest thing that I tell people is to not back up when you're when you're returning or when you're trying to get that shot. It's the lob shot. First off, especially with lower skilled players, it's a very low percentage shot. The fact that they actually landed in is going to be pretty low. So and I turn around and run rather than try to run backwards. Turn around and run, and that's a young person's game. I would say um, I don't even turn around and run as much as <laughs> any, anymore. I don't know if I can't even do exactly. That I just but say good shot. sometimes <laughs> it's you just stare at that ball and admire it, and you just pray that it goes out because uh, generally it's a low percentage shot. It will unless you're, and uh, then you get the point anyhow. All right, let's take another phone call from a listener as we talk about pickleball, uh, the popularity, and how the game is changing uh, in Champlin. Jeff is on the phone. Hey, Jeff, what do you want to tell us? Oh, gosh. Hi, Angela. Good morning. I am a big fan of of Fouye and Justin. I've I've seen Justin's place down in Shakopee. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have a bunch of stories. I could go on for hours. I'm going to give you the truncated version. Okay, give me me 30 seconds uh, with you, Jeff. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love pickleball. Um, I was I was recovering from an injury. Got taught the sport by a bunch of seventy year old women at Lifetime Fitness. <laughs> talked to talked to Fouye. Um, I ended up uh, getting my wife into it. I like Fouye. Got my myself in trouble. My wife broke her leg the very first day we went out and oh, played pickleball. Gosh, the wives are going heaven <laughs> catching it yeah, hard. They, they, they they forget what kind of athletes they are twenty years oh. later. And my my advice for anybody out there is not the shoes, not the equipment, not the, the pace of play. Learn how to say good shot and let it go and mm-hmm. just play for another point the next time. So don't turn and run. Let it go. Yep. Don't right. lunge and fall. Let it go. And just say good shot. I say good shot a lot. Oh, that's great. That's great <laughs> advice. Thank you, Jeff. Nice job. Uh, let's take another phone call. Uh, just west of Rochester in Casson. Hopefully I'm saying that right. This is Ann calling in. Hi, Ann. Hello. Hi. What do you want to tell us about pickleball? Um, I've been playing pickleball for almost three years now. Um, I got into it. And like others have said, um, 
I got my husband into it, and he got injured the first uh, time we played. <laughs> um, but uh, in in the southeast Minnesota, a big thing we have here is lack of courts. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's outside or inside courts, um, you know, we have so many people that are just wanting to get into it. And I um, help introduce uh, new uh, women players almost every week. And but we, the lack of courts down here. Um, is is what's kind of holding us back from like forming a an actual club organization um, and stuff. So if we could get you know, does anybody have any recommendations on on how to you know work with our city, mm-hmm. our school district to be able to get some indoor and outdoor court? Great question. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Justin, we've been reading about. Uh so many different companies coming in, uh, I guess even chains. I know there's a pickleball court that's uh, under development in Roseville. A lot of folks told me about what's happening in Southern Minnesota and how does someone like Ann get someone to say, Hey, we want some courts. What, what advice do you have there? It's a, it's a great question. Um, and I, I would say, I mean, it starts with, uh, with a group of people kind of just coming together and talking to your um, mayor or I don't know if it's city council or whatever it is. And I would definitely stress how it is such a community sport. It mm-hmm. is very few sports out there. You can you show up as a single. You're going to play with a whole group of people. And so I think that it makes community stronger. I'm sure you're going to have to do some fundraisers to try and get some things going. But you could create youth leagues, absolutely, youth leagues, uh, seniors yeah, leagues. Yeah, there's so many things about pickleball that are good for your community. And I've found, I've um, traveled, I'm originally from northern Minnesota, but I've been to bunch of different small towns up there that have great facilities, some better than some of the suburbs of Minneapolis. And what, you go there, and it's like the hub of that town. It's so everyone's playing. You, plan you could go to the city council, the county commissioners, and say, hey, what are you doing? Absolutely. Like, what can I right. do to start? And then I would say maybe start a Facebook, Facebook page, start getting people to join and figure mm-hmm. out just brainstorming ways to raise money. You can also get sponsorship from um, a lot of the local, you know, local businesses because it is such a hot sport, you know. See if you can sell banners mm-hmm. for you know whatever it ends up being the the price range for your community, and say that you're going to hang them on the fence that you know once you get this facility open, but just really get the community involved because that's what's the great thing about uh, pickleball in the first place. It's all about socializing, playing with other people, and bringing your town together. So who doesn't I want chime that? Chime in on that too, if I can, Angela. Yeah, we just have about uh, fifteen seconds left here. Okay, so real quick, a secret is to get them to play pickleball. We've I've seen it all across the nation where they get the city councilman to play, the mayors to play, and all of a sudden, ah. wait a minute, we need courts right now. What are we doing? We need courts right now. So get them involved, teach them. You'll be surprised how many people will love it as the well. The love so. is contagious. Well, thank yeah. you uh, so much to our guests and to our listeners who called in too. Be careful. Continue to have fun, everybody. I enjoyed learning more about pickleball. We've been talking with Justin Hammerback, the co-owner of Drop Shot Pickleball Club in Shakopee. And to Fuye Sai Kao Ta, the founder of Pick Ninja Sports in Egan, which makes pickleball gear and paddles. Also heard from Trent Stinsroot there, a physical therapist with TRIA Orthopedic and Sports Medicine. Today's conversation was produced by Maya Beckstrom. Be safe, everybody. We'll talk again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.